of course, the idea here is that it's essentially Valentine's Day and we want to do a movie that kind of fits the theme of Valentine's Day. And we had maybe three choices. We had Valentine, which we're doing. We had My Bloody Valentine, the remake, My Bloody Valentine 3D. We didn't have a lot of options as far as Valentine's Day movies, but I mentioned Valentine, which Nick scratched his head and said, I think I might have seen that. He wasn't quite sure. In going back and watching it, do you feel like this was the first time you had seen it or do you feel like you had actually seen it back in the day? Oh, no, this is the first time I've seen it. There's no thanking. There's no, uh, I think I've seen it. No, it is literally, this is the first time I've seen it. You were cloudy on it at first. This was a relatively well-known slasher film from the early 2000s. I, so, think, I, would, I would expect you have seen that. So the reason I recognize it, any is because uh, on YouTube called Dead Meat, he does kill counts. And this, and he did a kill count on this movie. That's ah. the only reason I actually remembered it. Funny thing is, when you brought this up, you were so excited about it too. You were like, hey, we should do this. I'm like, and at first I thought you were even talking about My Bloody to Valentine. I was like, yeah, let's do it. He goes, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like My Bloody Valentine. He goes, no, Valentine. Yeah. Show me the poster of it. I was like, eh, why not? I think I might have had too much coffee that day. It might have clouded my brain. And <laughs> made me stupid because. Yeah, because you were so excited when you brought this movie up. Almost like a child getting candy on Halloween. I was remembering a different movie, clearly. <laughs> because this is not what I remembered. Had I known what I know now, I may have recommended My Bloody Valentine instead. But I, didn't, I don't like that one either, so I don't know. So to be honest with you, what I think it is. And this is I've noticed with me as well. Because we're looking at these with more critical eye than just sitting down and shutting our brain off and enjoying. We're noticing so much stuff that we did not notice on our original watches that we're just, we don't find enjoyment in this movie no more. You know, it really changes how you watch movies. Even when I'm watching a movie casually that we're not going to be podcasting about, I'm still almost having that critical eye now. Yeah, I'm noticing things for the very first time that I didn't notice before. And think, I don't know if it's a positive, as a someone who loves movies, <laughs> I'm getting slowly jaded and you I can tell are starting to hate movies in general so <laughs> I don't know if this is going to end well for us probably not well there's probably a reason why I play games all the time now instead of even watching anything I remember this being a good movie but well we're going to get into the details but coming to find out I was high on coffee that day or something so yeah so let's go ahead and get into the movie shall we Valentine begins with some flashbacks back to an old now, is this middle school or high school? Looks junior like high. Junior high. Okay, so it's a dance from junior high. I myself never went to one. I went to one in high school, but not in junior high. And even then, it was not really a dance per se, but my terrible high school social life notwithstanding. And we're seeing basically a character not having a fun time. Yeah, say. Jeremy, who one is not really dressed for the occasion of a dance when you look at all the other characters around. I'm guessing his family was not that well off. But uh, yeah, he's going up to all the... Wait, wait, wait. That's no excuse. Jeremy <laughs> could have stopped by Goodwill on the way to the dance, picked up a suit for $3. Was there a Goodwill in 1988? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Anyway, so he goes up to all of the... I'm guessing he probably went up to more female more of the women in the dance but we well, only it's see a num- him it's a numbers game yeah right so we only really see him going up to the five girls that are eventually going to be our main characters for the movie first he goes up to shelly he goes up to all of them up until he we gets have to dorothy. shelly we have lily Paige, kate and dorothy yep and kate she does not outright embarrass him. She doesn't turn him down. She just says maybe later. So that kind of gives him a kind of an attachment to that character. It gives him a horrible false hope. Exactly. You so, know what? Kate's the worst of them. 
<laughs> just instead of being honest with them and turning them down, you give them some false sense of hope. So That's not going to help them in the long is run. Is that what you meant when you told me Kate is a liar? I hate Kate. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make this podcast, and ex- it's all going to be the exposure of Kate as the worst main character in a horror film of all time. I don't like what she's doing here. She's putting Jeremy in a bad spot, and, you know, you apparently are thinking... Oh, she's so nice. She lets she, him off gently. She, she's fine. She says maybe she's later. If if the right song comes on, Jeremy, maybe I'll dance with you. She's lying. Lying through her teeth, I said. <laughs> so then Jeremy goes to Dorothy. And Dorothy actually, she thinks about it and goes, we'll dance. And then they're caught smooching under the bleachers. And we have to also preface that Dorothy has some insecurities of her own. And isn't just the normal popular girl who's looking down on him. She doesn't feel too great about herself at this time. Yeah, she uh, so. because she, out of her friend group, she is the classified overweight character even though when you look at this girl she ain't over to me she is not overweight no but if what if someone in your friend is basically going to be denise richards in your friend group then you're always going to be not beautiful in comparison <laughs> you should pick your friends better lady yeah do better picking your friends it seems like all the other girls now every character in this technically has an insecurity of their own some is more well known like i said with dorothy and her weight denise she her insecurity is really with her with, with her sexuality because she's just overly sexualizing the entire movie yeah you're right i mean they're all human beings so they all have insecurities so these two are now i guess they got they enjoy dancing together so dorothy and jeremy are now making out under the bleachers looks like they're having a nice time except He's planning out their future right now. Oh, yeah. He's thinking, I'm going to marry this girl. The next day, I'm going to bring her over the house. We're going to play Mortal Kombat together. And she's going to uh, watch Terminator 2 with me. Oh, yeah. He, Jeremy is definitely the fedora-wearing, fedora trench-coat-having, katana-wielding, nice guy, neckbeard everyone knows and loves and loves. Well, I don't think trench-coat-wearing is going to help be a good thing at all. <laughs> I mean, that's what a neckbeard does. Fedora, trench-coat, katana, and a neckbeard. But at this very moment, though, he's kissing a girl, he's happy, all the stress has dropped from his shoulders, the weight's been lifted, he can see, for the first time, a bright future for himself. Unfortunately, the the mob of cool kids discover them kissing. And, and, now, and we should mention, they're not just picking on Jeremy, they were actually picking on both of them. Because they because they were saying, oh, look at the two, I think they, one of them said two ugly ducklings, one calls the girl a buffalo. Kids are mean. Oh yeah, and even when the kids were, when she goes, yes, he attacked me, they didn't just out, they didn't stop making fun of her, they continued as they were then attacking him. She was, so it's not like she did it to get out of some kind of embarrassment, because she was still getting embarrassed the entire time yeah i mean the truth is i feel bad for both of them not just jeremy i feel bad for her also Mm. because she does like jeremy but because of the social system in, in schools she really can't be his girlfriend or do anything because she'll be destroyed by her peers. Okay. So she sells him down the river. Yep. And he gets stripped and beaten in the middle of the dance floor in front of everybody, embarrassed, and apparently went to reform school. This is probably the worst thing that ever happened to anybody in high school or junior high. If that happened to him in junior high, yeah, imagine what the rest of his school life was going to be like. Oh, hell yeah. It definitely sets up that we all pretty much know Jeremy's a killer. We just don't know what he looks like as an adult. Well, you know, in these situations, when someone gets bullied like this, a lot of times they use that as motivation to become astronauts or doctors or lawyers. Because it's a horror film, I got a feeling Jeremy's not going to use this for productive use. Well, I will say this. His motivation, the bullying didn't motivate him against nine people. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yes, I counted how many kills there are in this movie. We finally get to cut to our uh, adult cast with Shelly dating some adjacent. Shelly's actually played by Katherine Heigl. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, to be honest with you, I'm sitting there like, because I completely just got dumbfounded on, you know, Katherine Heigl. She does, she did look differently back then. Oh, yeah. She has like a whole different look now than she looked back then. Uh, she, right? And this is one of her first movies, probably. Yeah, in this movie, she pretty much had more of the girl next door kind of feeling. And what's funny is actually, um, this was... This is actually like four or five years after Bride of Chucky. Oh, damn. So she was the main person in Bride of Chucky, and this is like years later from that. So she's still kind of toying around in the horror genre. Of course, she would go on to be in, in much bigger things. But yeah, we have her on a date with probably the most annoying motherfucker I've ever seen in a movie. This guy, Jason, who speaks in the third person. Jason thinks this salad has too much olive oil on it. Jason thinks she should pay for... Did, did she pay for half or did she pay for it all? Because notice how when he grabbed the check, he was like... Oh, well, let's see what Shelly had. Shelly had the snap, the, the king crab. I'm like, dude, well, really? He, well, he went Dutch, which I can understand it, but the way he went about it, it should be, if that's happening, it almost has to be like agreed upon ahead of time. Oh, yeah. You can't at the moment be like, oh, you got ice cream too, huh? <laughs> okay, it's going to be quite the bill for you. All right. It should definitely be something ahead of time because... Obviously, when people go on a date, they should definitely talk about the expenses. Like, it's all fine and nice if, say, the person who asked the other out is the one paying. That's usually how it goes. But you definitely shouldn't definitely be talking to them like, look, I love this place. It's expensive, but I don't have enough for both of us. Would you mind splitting the bill? This looks like the first date, right? And on yeah. the first date, you're trying to present your best self. And also get to know the other person to see if maybe you want that second date. So this is not the time to be like, oh, extra A1 sauce. That's another $2 for you, lady. Like, right. He's not He's not coming off well, and she, she's not liking him. And the fact is, he's actually speaking the third person, which is just... Oh, and then notice how at the end of it, he looks at her and goes, so do I at least get a kiss? The nerve of this guy after this day to still have an expectation that this is going to continue on. She's just trying to get out of there as quick as possible at this point. Oh, yeah. And she's made it perfectly clear multiple times. Like when he was when they were talking, he actually finally asked her, what do you think about me? And she goes, I think I'm ready for the check now. <laughs> yeah. And then as they're leaving, he's obviously expecting a kiss. He's expecting sex. He's expecting something that he's not going to get. This one I just thought about, but I'm going to bring it up as we go through this. Almost every male character in this movie is written to be like... Stupid as shit? No, like a complete jerk, though, too. Only, every one of them! To this is going to be interesting. Almost every one I can think of is actually an asshole in the movie. There's only one that re that technically is not, and that is Adam. Yeah, well, and, and that's because he's compensating for something else, clearly. <laughs> we'll get that. But So she leaves... Uh, what's his face? We find that Catherine Heigl that was actually in medical school. She's going to be a doctor, have a great future, one day be a world-famous... Well, that that's what could have happened had she been smart in the next the next scene. So. Oh, yeah. But in order to get rid of the disgust she has for Jason, she goes to the morgue to start dissecting a body, probably expecting listen, Jason's I, face to be on this body. I don't know about you, but when I have a bad date, I think, well, listen, I got to go dissect something to get this taste in my mouth. So. And, and what's even worse, she literally looked at him and was like, you're the only man for me. I'm like, uh Well. Well, you're not in a vampire movie, lady, so... Let's keep the necrophilia to a minimum. So before it gets to that point of sickness, disgustingness, 
as she has those thoughts, but doesn't the movie act, is based on a novel. As she clearly has the thoughts, but doesn't act on them. Thankfully, <laughs> our killer is clearly one of the smartest, most all-knowing, all supernatural people of all time. So also, now now we're on the killer. Um, this movie could have ended in like three minutes. Cause notice, cause when she leaves to investigate the noise, she comes back, and all of a sudden the body she was about to dissect now has the thing, the tarp over them. Yes. She was literally about to cut into the killer. We could have had this movie over within three minutes had she not stopped. Basically, the killer was being very bold. <laughs> very bold and very stupid. Right. Because guess what? All, yes, the reason he, he started breathing when he, the minute he felt the scalpel on him. But what would have happened if instead of deciding to place the scalpel gently, she just went... Right, the killer didn't know her technique. Maybe she's like the one who does it like in a stabbing fashion, like a stabbing motion up and down is how she begins a dissection. Well, they could have been like, oh shit, that's really backfired on me. That could have been, yeah. This movie's going to do a lot of things where the characters act illogically for the sake of trying to have a jump scare or a death well, scene. But past, this movie had really no jump scares to it. It had, it had scenes that were pretending like aiming to be jump scares but, but you don't it doesn't deliver yeah so all of a sudden she you know turns around the minute she turns around and sees the dead body now in the uh closet she turns around and the killer's already gone no trace of him whatsoever and i'm like are we dealing with a supernatural killer here because i could have sworn this is a human killer from what I've understood of this movie, from what I've been told. Remember, it's a horror trope that anybody wearing a mask now has supernatural <laughs> abilities. So whoever this person is, by putting on the mask, now he's all-knowing, all-supernatural, impervious to pain, all that bullshit. Okay, someone's obviously watched too many Goosebumps episodes, because this literally is the haunted mask episode then. Puts on Cupid's mask. I'm surprised he didn't grow wings and kill people in a fucking diaper. All right, but let's talk about how she actually dies because up until this point, my impression of her is that she's a relatively intelligent on her way to being a doctor person. So, and now she's going to be very stupid. So, when the she finally finds the killer, which again, he must have supernatural powers because around the time he would have at the very least been shirtless, he now somehow within probably a minute put on a shirt, put on his jacket, and then jumped her and chased her chased her well she ended up stabbing him you hear the sound so we and he let go when she was stabbed so we know she must have hit him why how is it that he is now all of a sudden just walking like he has no damage to him whatsoever what's happening is inside the mask he's crying (laughs) he's really feeling it but that mask is just covered up but he's really like oh my god she stabbed me this is not part of the plan but you know he's just it's the mask we can't see it so (laughs) so she uh so she's running he's walking keep this in mind people well that's just jason 101 so (laughs) (laughs) so she runs around a corner again he's probably a good minute minute and a half behind her so she instead of runs for the exit because at this point she probably could just walk to the rest of the way instead of running to the exit she goes into a dead end room where i'm pretty sure you have some thoughts on this a big pet peeve i have that i've seen in a lot of horror movies i don't like when somebody is being chased in an area where they know the location better than the killer this is her hospital mm-hmm. she should know shortcuts she should know which doors are open right now which doors are unlocked which is like secret exits she should have the leg up on the killer he's chasing her in her own place i don't the killer should not come out ahead here because 
she knows that hospital inside out. She works there, but they don't they don't show that. So one other thing before this happened, she actually ran into I think it was a janitor or a security guard. Yeah. So why is she not even screaming, calling for help? Yeah. What happened to that guy? I, I guess he I guess he's the killer. I think I mean if I'm watching the movie that that guy probably is the most logical killer. At, at least at this point because it's one story if she was screaming hollering for help but she doesn't. She just keeps running. She runs into a room with dead bodies. Bunch of dead bodies all in body bags. What would be the safest bet for this? Uh you can go you know out the damn door cuz you still got enough time to run for the exit. Or you could hide under the table where it, when it gets close, you can throw the table on top of them and then run for the door. Yep. Or plan C, hide in the body bag. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, Catherine Heigl? Why? This is the worst decision you made I've ever seen. I could not believe this scene. And I don't blame Catherine Heigl. She's playing a character. I don't even blame the character. I blame whoever wrote this shit. Because Def- Definitely blame the, the writers. Holy shit. You know, eight out of ten people are claustrophobic. They don't like being in small spaces. It's already a leap for someone to even like lock themselves in a closet, for example. A body bag being locked in that is probably by itself one of the scariest things you can do because when you lock yourself in the body bag, you're not in control of anything. You can't even unzip yourself. How could she zip herself in? Yeah, that's true too. How the <laughs> hell did she zip herself in? But okay, by itself, even if you're just playing around, it's one of the scariest things you can do. The idea of doing that when a killer is after you, it is it is beyond, I can't think of, I don't believe she would have done this. She does that, but hey, maybe it's gonna work out and be a good plan, except the killer walks in the room, surveys the room, and determines that she's in one of these fucking body bags. Right. So he slowly goes he- through each body bag. Now, this kind of scene should be played for, he's going through each body bag, this should be a fake scare. He should go through each body bag, come to the last body bag, start stabbing it, and then reveal that nothing's there. Mm. This should be a false scare, and then he can get her in the next scene. We spend five minutes, he goes through each body bag, unzipping it. He gets the last one. She's in the last body bag, just chilling. <laughs> now, amongst many logical holes here, one is that she can hear him the whole time going through each body bag. She really doesn't react like, how are you even gonna unzip yourself though? I don't understand any of it. Like I have to go back and watch now and see, is the zipper slightly pulled down to where her hand can come through and unzip herself? I'm guessing there has to be some opening for her hand. Cause otherwise she just locked herself in a body bag for the rest of the weekend to die. That doesn't make sense. Of anybody ever being chased by a killer, this is the single dumbest, most illogical thing I've ever seen a character do. Like, it's one thing to lock yourself in a closet or in a small room. At least you can see the killer coming from the body bag zipped up. You can't do anything except you're a sitting duck, like, in the most worst way possible. So I, I just, like, this This ruined her character. This ruined the whole scene. And it just, it was done poorly because it was anticlimactic because you see him for five minutes unzipping each bag. You're like, okay, well, clearly... He's spending so much time here that she's not going to be in the body bag because, ah, just you, you, bullshit. You really hated that scene, didn't you? Dude, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm just like, why would she do that? Again, she knows the hospital. There's got to be a better hiding spot for her than that. Come on. Yeah, it's called the exit. <laughs> yeah, it's called the, the open road. Like, go to your car. <laughs> The guy's walking after you. He's not even running. Right. If he was running, it's one story to then try and hide because obviously she's not going to outrun him. Come on. How did she get into medical school? <laughs> even though that annoys me, I'm not going to hold that against the rest of the movie. That's just the It o- definitely lost a star. No, no. I'm not going to do that because that's just the opening scene. I can't take away one star for just that. Oh, I can. I'm going to unbiasedly judge the rest of it because, look, one, 
one scene doesn't make a movie. So, but if that's the sign of the kind of writing we're about to get, then I'm in my mind, I'm not so going to be having a good time. You say one scene does not make the movie. Honestly, one scene actually does. The very first scene is supposed to grab you. It's supposed to enthrall you into what you're about to watch. It's supposed to give you that sense of either urgency or sense of com- of camaraderie if it's an action buddy cop movie it depend. it's supposed to set the tone for the movie what you're supposed to feel well this opening scene gave me high blood pressure this opening- and that's got to count for something right <laughs> so i feel like my stress level is up to the moon not for the reason that they probably meant for it to be oh it's a horror movie this was scary all right <laughs> scary to me having a heart attack from watching this bullshit that, you should not be having that. Let's just move on to the next scene, all right? Speed date scene! <laughs> oh, this movie's just trying to piss me off. You know, I'll say this. I've never been speed dating, but every time it's in a movie or show, it's always shown as the worst thing ever. Like, because if, it is. If it's like how they show, that is pretty bad. Seriously, you let, this is what speed dating is. You sit down, two minutes face-to-face, and then the guy gets up, Sits next to, sits pretty much next to you, talking to now what's most likely the woman's friend, flirting with her. It's like, well, now I don't feel special because now this guy's flirting with him. But this this movie's egregious because it's showing speed dating as like you have to show like five or six weirdos and then show the normal guy. It's not like that. There's, I mean, most of the people that actually go are most people who don't really have the time for actually going out and looking for a woman. So they go to the speed dating to see if maybe they can find a woman uh, quick that they can possibly spend the rest of their life with. That's what speed dating usually is. Do you think that's ever happened? A marriage has been built on the backbone of speed dating being where they met. I have I have doubts that that ever actually happened. What do you think? I'll look it up and I'll give you the answer later. Oh. Find me an article <laughs> where they're like, match made in heaven started with speed dating. Well, mo- there's a good chance that also people who go to those are just looking for a one night stand. Here's an article you're going to find. A husband decapitates wife met on speed date. A wife chops off husband's right toe and you just can't make you can't make a decision about somebody in 11 seconds all right they get 30 in this movie not 11 and by the way why is she speed dating when she has a boyfriend because they mentioned a little bit earlier that the guy was an alcoholic and apparently he's actually kind of mean when he's an alcoholic so they were taking a break from each other mean like he kills people <laughs> is that Don't what you're trying away to the movie well you just say he's an alcoholic God damn it, you said man. he has a temper uh, temper enough to kill like a murderer is that what you're saying i think so we're not at the end yet we're still at the beginning you said he had a temper, right? I'm God just, damn it. I don't know if he's a killer. I'm just reading into it. Is he? I mean, half the murders in the country have alcohol involved in the murder. Yeah, because it gives them courage. That's why they call it liquid courage. Thinking of liquid courage, Angel's in this movie. Yeah, Literally, I have you know. it written down right there. Angel was in this movie. I was a big uh, Buffy slash Angel fan back when this came out. I was in high school, and no, it was better, all the rage. Or better yeah, I'll just call him Adam because that's his character in this movie. You can also call him Bones. Well, we don't need to get back to speed dating. We're done with speed dating. Well, what was the purpose of the scene even? Uh, to introduce Brian. <laughs> that's that's what I missed. I didn't focus enough on Brian and the important the, the pivotal role he's going to play in the movie. So right, yeah, we had to introduce Brian and that your hey, Brian, crush. He seems like a good guy so far. So and that your crush is so interested in him that within the 24 seconds Kate gets to have him, she steals the other six. I like how you say my crush, like Denise Richards, isn't one of the most crushed upon women in the world by everybody. Actually, I know the point of the scene. At the end of the scene, they get a phone call, they get notified that their friend, Catherine Hinkle, 
has died and been mysteriously murdered. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we now get our funeral scene. Which is very early in the movie for, for you know, sometimes horror movies don't have funeral scenes. And it's there's got to be a funeral. And uh, it depends on uh, the timeline of the movie. Some movies take place within the course of, like, two days. But most funerals happen within a week. And if it's a uh, legitimate a crime the body may not be even released within that week because they're doing autopsies to determine the cause of death even though this cause of death was so easy because it was a neck slit i was watching <laughs> nightmare on elm street three and four and collectively between the two of them they had like nine funeral scenes every time a character died in that movie they had the well that's because most of the funeral, i appreciated that most of the deaths in those movies were all taken as suicide so there was no reason to investigate anyways bottom line is we have a funeral here basically and who's at the funeral? Angel. Yeah. Angel's in this movie. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, he's not going to be the killer because he's too obvious as the killer. I'm hoping he's not the killer because that would be another bad writing example. What do you think about from initially, uh, so Angel's dating Kate. And Kate, obviously, is our main female character. Yes. Their relationship is weird. <laughs> There's no chemistry. There's no sense of romance. I... They are a boring, boring, boring couple. Oh, come on. I kind of enjoyed their scenes, a few of the things they Their scenes together. make me want to fast forward every time. <laughs> That's because you're not married. You don't know love, sir. Hey, okay, they... <laughs> If they represent love, I want none of that, sir. All right? If that Come on. Is... You're never giving a woman an IOU for tender love and care? No. This is the dumbest thing ever. If that's love, then I'm telling the killer, hey, me next. Me. Me. No. <laughs> well, give me. Well, Adam can't tell him him next because, yeah. All right, wait. wait. We have to say one thing first. Uh, his character's name is Adam, but for to avoid confusion here, let's decide right now. The next movie. Are we calling him Angel or Adam? Yeah, let's just call him Angel. <laughs> yeah, because if we go back with Adam and Angel, they're going to be like, what? He's Angel. Well, now, to be technical, there was an Angel named Adam. So at the end of the scene, Angel runs off because obviously there's crime to be solved in another part of the country. And he is Angel. So yeah. he's, he's, he disappears from a lot of the movie. And I assume that he's off doing his, his thing and fighting crime. So Yeah, you got to kill all them vampires before he takes a bite out of Denise Richards. So we not only meet Angel, we meet... Detective Vaughn. Yeah, they should have gotten Vince Vaughn to play this character just because his name is Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn's a great actor. Detective Vaughn is... An asshole. He's an asshole. And as we know in horror movies, he's either going to be either useless or dead. Or both. In this case, both, I think. Yeah, I'm about to say, I vote for both. I put, I'll do 100 on both, Alex. So, uh, Detective Vaughn is there to tell them basically, hey, he's basically doing an investigation. Yeah. And so, obviously, it is up to our main cast to figure it out and not the damn detective. Which means it's going to be here for a long time. It's gonna exactly. It's going to be a six-hour miniseries. Oh, God and, damn it. And we're relying on these people to figure it out. Now we get our threatening mail signed by a JM. If it's signed JM, I think the killer is probably that guy Jason from the beginning that Catherine well, Heigl his, was dating. His last name was, uh, was a Murcott. JM. Yeah. It's Jason Murcott. So if it's not him then the killer would have known somehow that she was dating somebody with those initials and he set the whole thing up so that that guy would be the fall guy and the suspect. Yeah, pretty much. This is the best killer ever. I've seen some amazing things in my time. Well, this guy is just really like, he's he's top of the food chain right now. I got to put him up against Freddy, Jason. He's taking them all out so far. So, so now I'm going to say this joke. It definitely would not fly with this day and age as the movie puts it. 
but I've noticed Dorothy, because we've already mentioned Dorothy has the uh, insecurity about her weight. Yeah. She also has daddy issues because her father would prefer to spend to listen and spend his time with a mail order bride than to spend his time li- and listen to his own daughter. We're introduced to Campbell, who is a freeloading lion son of a bitch. He's there because he needs a place to stay. I mean, I wrote it down as a scam artist. He knows that Dorothy was rich, and he now is going to try and scam her out of some money. When I saw this scene, I thought they actually had some kind of background, like a history. What's bad is they... It sounds like they do, but... In a he later seems like, scene, they, seems like he's an old friend, right? And then in a later scene, it's like, no, we just met in yoga like a month ago. A month ago, I'm like, it's like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense with it. anything. Like you met him at yoga, and he's actually trying to move. Well, he's there looking for help. I think he came looking for money, not necessarily to get a place to stay. Same. But she's like, set up a room for him, and he's like, uh, I don't want to live with you because actually, as we find out later, I don't think he even likes her. But yeah, this it's set up like they have some history, like he's an old friend, but he's just a new person she met at yoga. Yeah. So. And she invites him to stay in the house. I mean, that, maybe that shows how lonely she is, though. Yeah, or at the very least, it shows that if you were friends with her, at the very least, you'll always have a place to stay. She's a great friend. Um, we got to get our main character all soaking wet, showing that she obviously does not know how irons work. Constantly leaving it plugged in. And, of course, we have to have that classic POV shot zeroing in on the shower as our killer slowly approaches the shower, but doesn't actually, is not actually even in the room. Well, yeah, because obviously they can't show her naked. She's the main character. So instead, what we see is her. Please, ladies, I definitely need y'all to answer this for me. Would y'all live in an apartment? Would y'all literally go out into a main area where multiple people can see you and nothing but a towel? No self-respecting woman named Kate would do that. If women do have no problems doing that, please let me know. Because technically, yes, she is covered. But all she's in is a towel. All, one wrong move and that towel falls. Well, particularly when we find out that she actually has someone in the building that she doesn't like. Yeah, because he's a freaking perv. Yeah, so you're going out into that environment in the towel. So you're already setting yourself up for, for this guy to just show up. I mean, so. be honest. Is he a perv or is he just mentally unwell? Because be honest. I when, think they go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because you definitely tell he has an attraction to her. But at the same time, I think it's because she was not nice to him one day and he gets in his mind that she likes him we had jason we have angel we have freeloading campbell we have this guy keep in mind what i said earlier about how every damn male in this movie is gonna be portrayed as like an unforgiving asshole but just make him know that so another one another one bites the dust another one added to the list <laughs> right uh, oh so can we get to our breakfast eating cereal okay because my girl Paige. She eating cornflakes for breakfast. She didn't even add sugar to the cornflakes. She's eating the cornflakes. Have you tried that ever? Have you tried to eat like just pure cornflakes with no sugar, nothing added to it? Yes, actually. Do you know how hard that is? No, it's pretty easy. You like it without anything? It's called you you move your mouth up and down and then you let it slide down your throat hole. Horrible monster does that, man. I mean, I understand if it's like frosted flakes. I mean, I guess cookie crisp. I guess a very beautiful woman is the one who does it. She's the only one that can make cornflakes look good. Also, how lonely are you that you find a woman eating cereal <laughs> as fucking seductive? Because I was hungry when I watched it. It, it might be that it was time for lunch. <laughs> God damn it! You think I'm talking about her? I'm talking about the breakfast cereal. <laughs> I wanted some food. The key thing about this scene is that Lily, the other friend, gets a note. But the key thing with all these notes is that they're always signed JM. Yeah. From JM. Lily takes a bite of the chocolate and there's maggots in it. 
So if the breakfast cereal made me hungry, this then just killed my appetite again. So. Yep, there you go. So, And well, you know what's bad about that scene? Mm. I was eating when I saw that. Oh, good. I was sitting there like this with a wing in my mouth. I'm not hungry no more. Damn. <laughs> so they, 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 sit, they sit on their couches and they try to theorize who could be sending these notes with chocolates with maggots in it. And who, who is the mysterious JM that haunts their lives? And as a joke, technically, Paige does say Jeremy Melton. As a joke, but then they really start to think about it for a second and it doesn't really seem like that foreign of a concept. Well, no, because they all technically, they all bullied him. And because of what happened with Dorothy, even though at this point in time, they still believe Dorothy was attacked by him. Yeah. Uh, they were saying that because of what the, what happened, he had to go to reform school. And she asked, Lily asked, like, is he still in town? Could he still be in town? They don't know, but they throw the name out there and clearly it has some legs. So at least they, now they took about seven names to get to him, but bringing up the idea it's like well if it's something bad then yeah maybe this kid does have a reason to actually stalk you guys yeah and that reason is this very bad oh by the way exhibit by the way when they bring up his name they're still making fun of him by the way yeah. <laughs> they didn't bring him up in like uh that poor jeremy they said oh, no, some negative they, shit about him they teased jeremy the entire damn movie until obviously they died I pray for their souls that Jeremy was in the hallway eavesdropping. I mean, oh, okay, I'm going to really kill y'all. <laughs> oh, no, he was. That that. Why do you think Paige got such a horrific death? Or it could have been a much more terrifying, sure, but... Well, let's get to Lily because she's, she's our next victim on slate on deck. Yep. And we get to this weird-ass art exhibit. <sighs> this art exhibit museum. I don't know what the hell to call it. With Lily's, uh, I'm going to say his ex, her ex-boyfriend now who wanted, who actually tried to get her into a threesome. The artist guy. Yeah. This whole scene is awkward. The most awkward thing about the scene is though, at one point he's reading poetry in the back of in the background. There's these video monitors that have lips. <laughs> there's like 11 videos of lips and they're close-ups on his lips saying the words. Yeah. And it's just the weirdest thing ever. I'm like, this dude, whoever this is, I don't like him, and I don't like this whole thing. But it serves its purpose for us to have Lily wander off on her own and get lost, which... In the maze of lips and eyes. A maze of video lips and eyes. First of all, this exhibit must have cost like a million dollars. Also, who thought this was art, though? I know it had something to do with, like, sexual overtones, because obviously every lip that was actually saying words was a, more of a seductive way of saying something. This I, was, think, I think one of them was literally the guy saying, love me. This was the beginning of a cult. Yeah. A um, sex cult, maybe, but a cult. Yeah. yeah um, the, the artist guy needs to be killed for the betterment of humanity. Uh, um, unfortunately, he does not. But Lily's ass stumbles right into a damn arrow in the stomach. So you, <laughs> oh, so you were messaging me about why she didn't run. Well, to be honest with you, I can somewhat understand this one because obviously she didn't know he was behind her. So when she turned around, all of a sudden an arrow just goes straight into her. No, my complaints are after the first arrow. She could have went into shock and just completely brain farted because a lot of people keep bringing up that two things in a situation like this you go through. There are actually three. You got the flight or fight. And then the third thing is just downright terror stricken, frozen fear. Okay, frozen fear, I get it. But let's talk about if there was a fight or flight, something would have you, survival instinct would have you either go to the ground, something being shot at you. Well, Nine times out of ten, someone's not going to stand there and just, oh, okay. Well, to be honest with you. I with, don't know. With where the arrow when, shot at. When you, when you shoot an animal, 
who let's say would have the same whatever. Oh no, they usually run if they're still alive. But the problem yeah, is, we are animals. With with an arrow, for one, it, we didn't exactly get a good look at the arrow. The arrow could have been barbed at the tip of it. So when it goes through, if you try to pull it back out, that barb is going to catch a hold of organs and stuff and pull them right along with it. Uh, with also where the arrow went into, you can eat, you're slowly dying now. To go into the stomach, that is that is slow, painful death. And be honest with you, if she would have gotten away, she would have died slowly, painfully. And to be honest, the movie should have done that because it would be a, it would just it would add more of a uh, feeling of dread because there's you're almost close enough to for help, but you just can't get there because you're in a fucking maze. My point is that she made him look like a master of archery. He probably was. I mean, you're just stupid. If you have. He, he took three arrow shots, and they all were direct hits. I don't know if I'd buy that even, but she kept flying back, but she would fly back but still stay perfectly straight from him to where he didn't have to aim at all, just straight. <laughs> so I just thought that she, I took, mean, she took three arrows, not from point blade. The guy was pretty far away, too. I mean, she is blonde, so... And, and by the way, you always love a scene where the character flies to a trash can. <laughs> she flies off the damn balcony in the trash can like Julius from Part 8 from Friday 13th. And the trash can closes. And my man just took out the trash, so there you go. Exactly. Cupid, he, all he wants to do is kill. He doesn't want to litter. Littering is bad. I think he just wanted to practice his archery. That too. He needs to make sure he can shoot the right couples to ensure they stay stay together. Yeah, I mean, this is all good and noble intentions. So anyway, uh, after the art show, Kate and Adam meet up in a bar scene. So now let's get back to the next scene. Because it hasn't, it hasn't really, there's nothing to talk about in the bar. I don't think we need to talk about every Kate and Adam scene because <laughs> it's just boring stuff. But it shows that they spend a lot of time together. There, there's not even like an interesting rapport or like fun dialogue. Like... How much better is the movie if you just have, like, someone rewrites the dialogue to make it fun? They don't talk about anything of significance, and it doesn't play into the movie at all. They talk about how much they love each other. This movie is really it, a 30-minute Tales from the Crypt episode that's been extended into an hour and a half, but they can't fill in time. Are you telling me the love scenes do not put your heart in a freaking Twitter? No. I don't <laughs> know what that means. Neither do I. Nobody I just heard it from a movie. All right, anyway, yeah. No, so, I don't want to talk about Kate. Okay, then let's get to the next bit of a uh, story scene where the detective is talking to the, uh, the three final girls because obviously the other two are dead. They're all talking about trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. The detective's like, do you know who Jason Murcott is? Okay. the last person with Shelly. So the big thing is that Jason Murcott, the guy from the beginning, is pointed at to as our main suspect now. Right, and then everyone brings up that, you know, Jeremy Melton is also JM. You, also, you should look into him. And Dorothy actually is like, it's probably him. Yeah. Dorothy calls it out like, hey, this is probably Jeremy. Yep, because uh, that's when she brings up. And now none of them told the detectives that they've been getting threatening mails. But, yeah, this is where they finally go. Yeah, I just got a mail from a JM, and we don't know this Jason Murcott, so why would he be targeting us? And they talk to Dorothy outside the house about it. Dorothy admits, like, you know, she, no, he didn't attack me. Nope. Yeah, they mentioned that she wanted it just as much as he did. Problem is, when they were caught, they were getting picked on, and she just, she got, she was embarrassed. She was ashamed of who Jeremy is and said he attacked me. 
So, Dorothy, you definitely deserve death. No, but you know what I would say is that I still... <sighs> okay, for horror movie standards, you deserve death. You just caused a kid to lose his entire life because you were too ashamed to take the bullying and just say, yeah, I kissed him. Go fuck yourselves. All right, you convinced me. She deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I At the beginning, I did sympathize with Dorothy because she was a part of the bullying and she obviously had some her own security, insecurities. I still think, maybe she deserves it, but I think as, as far as the adult characters, I think she's the most likable slash interesting character amongst the friends. So to be honest with you, I don't really see it because her, because even though she finally tells them about what happened, she doesn't really show, she doesn't really have any kind of remorse or regret over what happened. She doesn't care. Her whole thing, the entire movie has been her weight. Listen, she's moved on with her life. I mean, she's not going to be that remorseful and she's not going to show that in public years later from when that happened maybe in private then why care about your damn weight when you already know because she is not a bad looking girl by any means i will bring that up just because yeah, she but, has a little bit extra weight but this what? gets into a separate issue of just how people see themselves psychologically and the type of damage you can get you can do with your self-image and stuff she clearly doesn't have a good self-image just that insecurity gives her more depth than our main character, Kate, who is has no personality, and I'm going to rant about this later, but so far, like, I have no opinion of her so far. I don't know if she's, like, likable, funny, anything. She's just, like, she barely speaks when she does speak. Her facial expression doesn't change. This is, of course, actress Mary Shelton, who would go on to be in, in a lot of good movies, good roles. Yeah, so I, like, I like her. I like the actress. But in this movie, she is the most boring character that we see so far. Every scene with her is like the opposite of like stealing the, the movie. It's get off my screen, go away. So so now this next scene, I'm going to mention something and I want everyone to keep an eye, an ear out for what I'm about to mention because I will be pissed off over this later. So in the, the detective, they're talking to the detective again and the detective starts asking them about their boyfriends, you know, because obviously someone's targeting these girls now. So they're wondering, okay, What's your, do you have any boyfriends? Paige says no. Looks at um, Kate, do you have any boyfriends? And she brings up his whole backstory. And so he goes, okay, well, it can't be Jeremy. Looks at Dorothy, do you have any boyfriends? Now she, and she, this is why I need y'all to pay attention. She goes, yes, his name is Campbell. And so we, on and so forth. Met at yoga about a month ago. Yeah, met at yoga about a month ago. And he's currently living in my house. But she says clearly, yes, his name is Campbell. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. So, so, uh, <laughs> holy shit! Hey, so, I, hey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. Don't yell at me, shit. So, uh, Man, you're not mad at me, all right? Then we get the detective. Now, the, this whole movie, the detective has pretty much been subtly an asshole. It's one of those, you know, he's there to do his job, but he does not. He obviously doesn't like these girls. And then all of a sudden, we get the biggest go fuck yourself moment of men are scum in the entire movie oh my goodness they keep piling on i'm just for fun i'm gonna afterwards look up who the writer of this movie was <laughs> i'm looking up who the writer and director was because they hate a man <laughs> well the detective so far 
there's been hints of him maybe not being the most up and up guy. Well, and but I'm, not really thrown in our face until now. Right. This is see. I love. I prefer if you're gonna do something like this, you can do it subtly because then everyone's still gonna understand it, but they're gonna feel like you're trying to prove a point instead of trying to throw it in our faces because then no one's gonna take your argument seriously on the matter. Then you sit. So the detective. No one. Obviously, no one in the audience would have liked this character to begin with. He was. He wasn't exactly being helpful for these girls he kept questioning everything again subtle hints he's not exactly that good at one at his job but also not that good as a person now all of a sudden he wants to speak to Paige personally alone alone and not about the case <laughs> yeah we find out it's not about the case what it is is he sits her down and then goes okay we need to talk about us you and me baby you me and the cornflakes baby and she goes Detective, take your hand off of my thigh. She said, <laughs> he said, you know, you need some sugar for them cornflakes. <laughs> and she didn't appreciate that. Well, no, because she wants sugar, not salt. She's going to have raisin bran. She's fine. Oh, uh, that's true. The point is, there's no purpose. This, this scene is, this scene is uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's just out of place in this movie. Again, if, it, if they would have just left the cop as a, as more subtly, as possible when it came to it comes to this kind of thing like maybe every now and then you show a shot of him taking a quick glimpse over at denise as she walks by i mean granted almost everyone <laughs> did mean, in this fucking movie but that's besides the point the problem is this scene leads nowhere there was no point to it why do you want us to hate the cop that doesn't make sense you should want us to the like, cop is on their side right ultimately. you should want us to at the end of the day hope the cop catches the bad guy at the end yeah you want him to actually be someone who at the end may come in and save the day instead you're like you want him to die <laughs> from this scene forward you're like i hope he dies the problem with with horror movies is that it's a very simple thing you want to make your characters as likable as possible so that when they are in danger you actually fear for them or want them to survive. If you make all your characters assholes, you're not... Yeah, we're like, go Jeremy! We're not supposed to be like, go Jeremy! We're not supposed to be on the Jeremy train. We're supposed to be hoping our characters are likable when they defeat Jeremy. So after that, you know, I guess the next, very next day, uh, I just got a question also. Why does Kate keep leaving her iron on when she's not even home? You know how dangerous that is? That is an extremely hot thing where if the wrong thing is next to it it could potentially catch fire whether she lives or dies she has to learn how to use iron properly right this is just a threat to everybody in the entire building okay she's gonna cause a fire and and burn down the whole building right so uh i hope she has runners insurance so i'm glad that cupid the the cupid mask killer decides to show her in the form of what he does to gary proper use of an iron yeah what what kicking with an iron gary's ass so we see gary now, they've already mentioned there's something not right with him. So, they're trying to... Which is why Kate has stomached being his next-door neighbor, in a sense. Yeah. But, so, we go in, and does she just not lock her door? How okay. did Gary even get in there? I didn't understand this scene. Was this in her apartment? Yes. Or was it in his own apartment? It was in hers. This was her apartment. It doesn't make sense. So, Killer walks in knowing that Gary's in the apartment, and Gary is, like, half-naked... Trying to put on uh, her underwear. And Gary sees him and Gary's... Which, by the way, there was kind of a foreshadow with that when Angel actually made a joke saying that... Because uh, she told him, hey, my underwear is disappearing. He goes, oh, don't worry. That's just me. They feel nice. 
So it's so kind of a foreshadow for this. So Gary sees the killer and he's like, he's like, dude, I did not order a pizza. <laughs> well, so Gary very, actually gets very up, casual like, about it. Gary gets up like, and actually, Gary's not really casual. He actually kind of is scared because he just got caught doing something. He knows he's knows he's wrong. He goes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not right. Well, yeah, you're about to be very wrong because. <laughs> The killer doesn't care what you are. First of all, he burns him with iron. Also, what was the point actually of the uh, POV shot, to be honest with you? We no. already know that the killer's wearing a mask, so it's not like we're giving the killer away. And this is a case of just abusing the POV shot for no reason. The POV shot works when it's used sparingly for the right purposes. If you overuse it... Like, if we don't know what if the what the character looks like in the first place, we know that the character wears a mask, so we don't need this POV shot. Yeah, if he's not wearing the mask, then you can do that, and then you stick with the POV shot. It, like when you cut with Black Christmas. Yeah, but when you cut him in the mask, the, the, you defeat there was no purpose of the damn POV shot. Right. Po- uh, props to the killer, though. <laughs> he used the iron in two ways. First of all, he burns him, and then he beats the shit out of him with it. <laughs> right. Just like... Die, I, die, I, die. I, I thought he was going to be one or the other. I thought he was going to either burn him or or beat the shit out of him. But he burns him first and then beats the shit out of him. Well, so. yeah, because it was a hot iron. He needed to cool it down. I thought that guy probably got the most painful death in the movie. To be honest with you. Everybody else got kind of a quick death. Well, yeah, but that's why, I, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, I feel like they could have done Paige a very terrifying death. Knowing who the killer is, I understand why with Gary, he took it personal. Oh, very he was like, yo, I, yeah, I'm going to beat you to death with the iron. Right. So after that, uh, you know, the killer obviously cleans it up because there's no mention of Gary at all. Nope. It's like Kate doesn't even notice he's gone. Nope. That was a personal vendetta and he's gone. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is where I need everyone to remember. So remember how they we mentioned that Dorothy had told Detective Vaughn her boyfriend's name. So on a phone call to Kate from Dorothy, Dorothy literally asks, and I have it written down, did you give Vaughn his name? In which case I replied, you did when you talked about him. And Kate plays along and is like, no, I mean, he's a detective. Wait, but you're right. Clearly, and I agree because I, I went back and made sure too. He- I, I rerounded the scene myself. I literally went back. I was like, hold up. Because it was within a five-minute span of the movie. I granted, in the in timeline-wise, it was probably closer to eight, maybe ten hours. People can forget. Don't no, know why. Not, yeah. not not a big point like that. There was something here. I've never seen um, a contradiction that egregious in a movie before, where literally the characters are contradicting themselves in the very next scene and they're not aware of it. Right, so it, it, did this movie never make it to a test audience? I mean, I know test audiences are pretty damn stupid because a lot of them is literally, you know, whether that's... Because a lot of test audiences do is to see if the if they're targeting the right crowd for it. For some reason, movies these days want to target the younger crowd instead of the crowd that actually enjoys horror movies. Yeah, but even forget the test audience... The studio watching the movie, the director watching it, anybody watching it is going to point out. It doesn't take uh, the most observant person in the world to be like, hey, uh, she's the one that gave him the name, and now she's calling out her friends. Like, did you give the name? It just doesn't make sense. Literally, this whole... uh, It it pissed me off just as much as the fucking opening scene. Yeah. I I almost actually turned the movie off, to be honest with you. If If we were not doing this podcast... 
I would have turned this movie off right then and there. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's such an easy fix. Just remove that those two lines about asking who asked Campbell, did you give Campbell's name? Right. Just remove that part and, and the scene is fine. But by doing that, both characters can't be that stupid. Like Kate's acting like nothing ever happened. She's acting like nothing ever happened. The, it's just bad writing. Like, it's bad directing, bad editing. It's just bad. What's ruining these movies for both of us now, because we were watching this with a critical eye. And even I'm saying, even that, that alone, again, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. If these things keep piling up into a big bucket of, a, of bullshit, then it ruins the movie. Right, and we pretty much you already can make, got... Every movie's going to have logical errors and mistakes. There's right. no question. There's a base foundation for everything. Does it take you out of the movie? Is it so silly? Good movies, they're good because they fix these, they find these errors and fix them before it's released to the public. It's in, it's post-scream, but it's really not that self-aware. Yeah. It's not that meta or self-aware. It definitely tr- did try to take itself fairly serious. It's more of a traditional horror movie, basically. The characters are not really self-referential. They're not really bringing things up. They're We're, not bringing up tropes and stereotypes. Right. Do we need all these scenes of them talking to the detective? A good example of writing here would be combine those scenes into one thing. The cop getting in contact every like every day, three times a day with a new update. For one, the de- you don't need all these updates. To be honest with you, the cop, unless an update involved their safety, cop wouldn't give them any updates. There's too much cop in this movie for it not going to lead anywhere. This cop is giving way too many updates. He's way too involved. They don't even do anything with the investigation. It's all stupid. But Not only that, but to be honest with you, I can't say it yet. We have to get to his kill first. Anyway, so this is where we also find out now that Campbell is a scam artist. Campbell suit, my man. <laughs> free loan there for a free room. Now, up to this point, yeah, we had our suspicions, but we, yeah, we really didn't know the, the truth about Campbell. By this point, because I know that every single male in the movie has been portrayed as an asshole, I know that Campbell is going to end up being a scam artist because could he actually be a good human being in this movie? No, as a man, you can't be. So Nope. Uh, unless, of course, you're Angel. Oh, yeah. The one good character. The one redeemable character. Nothing wrong with him. He's exactly. not going to do anything to make us think he's an asshole. Exactly. So Campbell's... Tequila. So Campbell's soup, um, I mean, his scam is going well, but he happens to be in a horror movie, so he's in the wrong place, wrong time. Well, first we need to mention, this is where we also meet a throwaway character named Ruthie. Oh, God. I don't know if we need to expand on her yet because she's a throwaway character. (laughs) When we get to her moment, we can can throw her. To be completely honest with you, I don't even have her in my notes until she dies. I I wasn't going to bring her up until I was like, oh, yeah, there's this random random death scene. I think we still need to bring it up because it kind of shows the shittiness of Campbell. True. Okay. So we pretty much find out Campbell steals from Ruthie, both as a, both uh, physically and monetarily. Yes. Because uh, apparently he did some kind of internet scam on her, took her money, and then he pretty much ran to Dorothy. Oh, this is the the startup he was talking about at the beginning of the movie when he was like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm I got all my money invested in a startup." Yep. Yeah. Huh. Startup, huh? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And the reason I know he stole from her is because in a later scene, Ruthie sees Dorothy wearing a necklace, and Dorothy, Ruthie's like, "Campbell stole that necklace from me. I want it back." In the midst of this, Dorothy has turned Campbell into the maintenance worker of the house. <laughs> right. She sent this man all over the house to do do whatever, and he's starting to get annoyed. She's like, uh, "Can you go turn on the water or some shit?" He's like, "Oh." 
Now I'm part of the staff. Yep. Campbell's death. Let me get your opinion on this because... He gets an axe to the back. Probably okay. the laziest thing that's happened in this whole movie. There's a lot of buildup. You show him working on this fire thing for like 10 minutes. We see the killer approach from behind for like 10 minutes. There's a lot of buildup. And I'm expecting something to happen. A fight, something. And... And axe to the back, and he immediately falls over dead. Yeah, what they should have done, at the very least, is maybe the axe going into his neck. Uh, anything that, basically, he's down there, like, near the furnace. There's a lot of creative things. You could have burned him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could have stuck his head in there, and then, like, chopped his head off. The axe to the back is, like, literally, like, it's so lazy. It's so, and... and it's like he, they forgot. And by the way, he dies immediately. Oh, yeah. He just passes out dead. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the people, this is probably like the last death scene they tr- they came up with. It's like, well, yep. how do we do it? What have we not done yet? Eh, let's just do an axe to the back. It's almost like it was like the last day of filming and they had ran out of money. And it was like, ah, oh, we'll just do the axe to the back. It's the easiest thing. It takes no money because there was no blood, nothing. It was just, it was stupid. And also, from the whodunit perspective, once Campbell is killed... Because he's one of the main suspects. This really lowers the options down to where I'm, I'm looking at an Angel with like a with a with nope. a guilty eye now. We still got Jason Murcott. <laughs> Jason Murcott. Even though before Campbell was killed, Jason was in police custody. Fuck. Can you imagine the, the uh, interrogation of, of Jason? Jason doesn't kill people. <laughs> Jason doesn't do that. Jason went home that night. <laughs> Jason didn't like her. She didn't pay for her half of the meal. I'm Can you imagine that interrogation? How I'm funny actually be? now so glad we didn't get the they interrogation. They should have cut that. Man. This movie, if they would have added some comedy like that, cut the scene, <laughs> the, the cop being like, so tell us where you were, Jason. Jason does not recall. What's Why your, do you talk like that? What's your favorite color? Uh, Jason will not speak to you without his lawyer. <laughs> like that would have been hilarious. Showing his character again, at least... To kill him off would have been great, but you're right. We never, we never see him or hear from him again. Yeah, but what we do see is party. Yeah, because when the cop tells you that to lay low and that you know the the killer is out there on the loose, what you want to do is hold a party, have a party. You know, that, that's a pet peeve of mine. It, all these movies. When, when danger lurks, the character's not taking it seriously and just putting them out there. Listen, during a pandemic, what happens? You stay inside the house. When the killer is specifically targeting you, you're like, hey, party, not to not Well, yeah, you want to make sure there's plenty of people around so you're not separated so that way the killer can't get to you. Well, the problem is one of those people is going to be the killer. <laughs> you Maybe, put yourself but in at the, the same room. time, in order to kill her to get to you, you have to be away from people. If you're having a party, you can't be away from people. Well, yeah, I mean, that's really going to work out for these characters, huh? Your theories going to be put into practice, and it's really going to work out for them. They're all going to make it alive, and they're going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I'm glad we had such a fun time at the party last night. Oh, so speak, yeah. speaking of uh, men, Paige gets to meet up with her boy toy from the speed dating. So uh, Brian. Brian, who, you know, actually, really, I mean, hey, again, he was a good guy during the speed dating. So, so I'm, I have high hopes that he's going to turn out to be a good guy. So, uh, Son of a bitch. I will say this. <laughs> but the character's head for a downfall... Yeah, because that, he overestimates how much she likes him, and no, he, what, what he is, turns from suave George Clooney-like charming individual into Stifler from American Pie. I was going to say a five-year-old because, you know, in order to get to where you're going, she's obviously is still into you, even though she technically knows what's coming. Women like being romanticized. 
the difference between romanticized and what he's about to do. <laughs> so his, I guess his version is drops his pants and just smiles at her like a fucking five-year-old did something correct. Well, you gonna wax it? <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh, first of, first, this is so out of place in this movie. I don't understand. I'm just looking at this and went, what in the hell? This is not how you get any woman, let alone- You had a chance with Denise Richards and you blew it by being a jerk. And she literally just looked at him. She then uh, gives him a little present. First, she lays him down. She ties him to the bed. No idea where she got the the the, uh, I, the items. I, they, I don't even know what they looked like. Rope? So, something? They definitely weren't rope. Either I don't way, know. We don't, either either way, we don't need the finer details. Either way, she ties him down and then whispers in his ear, you still want me to wax you? Oh, yeah. So she grabs the hot-ass candle that's melted a little, pours hot-ass wax on his penis. He got the worst outcome of anybody in the movie, even the ones that died. So to be honest with you, I probably should have written him down as a death because we don't know what happened to him. We don't know if he's still tied there. He jumped out the window. (laughs) If he's still tied there, he ain't going anywhere. He killed him. Angel probably already killed him. That that felt out of place for this movie. This is a horror movie. Right, because that... That felt like a scene from American Pie. Well, to be honest with you, what also felt out of place with it is... So, it, to be honest, it does still have a comedic aspect to it in this scene. I honestly was laughing. I was laughing, but I don't know. But This is not the kind of movie where you want to laugh, though. Like well, that. the thing is, this know. whole movie has been building up to be serious, and all of a sudden it adds a scene like this. Like, I mean, I find it funny, but this is not a movie that y'all have been trying to make us it, laugh. It, that's what I'm saying. It's not the right, like, as far as tone-wise... It's not the right thing for this movie because this movie has been dead serious. You're right. So There's like no sense of humor in this movie. And this is funny, but it's not really that funny. It's kind of just weird. Right. So now we get Ruthie sneaking back into the building to get her jewelry back. Thief. Damn thief. Yep. And we also... So I'm, I don't know if anyone really notices this fifth death. It was an off-screen kill. Do you, do you know which death I'm talking about? The housekeeper? Yep. Well, yeah, because... I'm not sure if anyone actually notices this part. Well, no, because... Uh, is her name Ruby Ruthel? Ruthless? I don't know who the housekeeper's name is. No, 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 the... Ruthie. The Ruthie. Ruthie. Ruthie um, seems to be an expert thief up until she's leaving the house, and <laughs> her timing is such that she walks out the house while the killer is trying to dispose of the housekeeper's body. Yeah. And the killer's just like, literally like, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, well, okay. He's like, uh, who are you? And and she's like, uh, oh, great. Who is this guy? And now she's going to die, too. So. so, to be honest with you, at first, this is where we finally get that the Cupid mass killer may actually be human because she whacks him with a pool stick and he goes down. I want to. I would still wonder how does being stabbed in the leg mean you don't limp at all? Be honest, even being stabbed in the damn leg. Maybe he's a vampire. That is true. <laughs> um, but then why didn't he bite Denise Richards? Why did he? Why did he just do what he did to her? Because he cares about someone else. So he can still bite and kill another woman. Yeah, he's killing him. He's not turning her. Yeah. Anyway, so then I, I like. I liked her. Um, uh, Ruthie's uh, Ruthol's what faces her death I like her death scene because there's some there's some intrigue there but it's such a cliche thing she- I've seen this five or thousand times you go in a room you hide the killer comes and looks through the window 
he clearly sees you there. We see him recognize he sees you there. Right. But he, then he walks away. And then the, the person gives it about 30 seconds and then it's like, oh, he left. Mm. Let me come out of my high spot. Yeah. But I don't know what you can do at that point because if you stay in the room at some point, the jig is up. He's just going to walk in and kill you. Right. But when he looked in the thing, here's how you know he saw her. First of all, you see him stare hard and then he walks away. They show him come back again and, and stare again. Did you see he came back a second time and stared yeah. again? Yeah. That's, again, bad directing because you want to leave some mystery about did he see her. When he comes back the second time, it's like, oh, well, he definitely saw her the second time. Just cut out that second shot of him come back. So it's just, again, that was poorly done. But I can name like five movies from the 80s and 70s where this happened. Oh, well, he must be gone. So I'm going to go come out the thing. And, of course, and he, then he, he grabs me and kills me. Yeah, grabs her, throws her through the glass of the shower, and then pretty much shoves her face into the glass shard. This this actually um, – this did make me – it made me cringe a little bit because I was holding my throat like, oh. Baby. Yeah. Man. Okay, so this now we also understand that Jason was released. Good. And Adam, he, can, he can go back to the bar and, and pick up shit. Yeah. So. And then Adam broke his sobriety. Oh, yeah. Wow. His sobriety of three months. You know, one of the, the B plot lines of the movie that I don't care about at all is this guy's alcohol problem, right? It's just nobody cares. It's just stupid. First of all, this guy keeps disappearing to go fight crime <laughs> on his damn angel show and, and also is doing his little bone show on the side, too. He's barely in the movie. When he's in the movie, it's all weird and mysterious and uncomfortable. But, oh, he's alcoholic. So, sure. Yep. So, okay, we get all that. Now we get Paige's death scene. So her death could have been extremely terrifying. For me, I would rather the death she gets over the death she could have gotten. So the way she dies is, you know, she gets trapped in the hot tub. The mm. killer then tries to drill through to get to her. And when he realizes it's not working, he just opens the lid up, throws the electrical drill in, and electrocutes her. Well, yeah. well, so to be honest with you, that's she may have felt pain for maybe five, six seconds at that before her brain completely fried. Yep. So what he could have done, because we already saw that she barely had enough air, enough room to even keep her head above water. He could have. And it's hot water. What he could have done, just closed it up, walked right the fuck on out. And to be honest with you, that would be much more terrifying. And that would probably have made me cringe over what he ended up doing. Yeah, you know, there's something in horror movies where um, on film visually, drowning is never de- depicted as like like a, a horrible death. Oh, it's almost like drowning is considered like, oh, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, you'd, re- you'd much rather drown than get stabbed. It's but I'm like, it's not, I don't think so. It's, not, it's because it's not gory. But to be honest with you, a lot of the kills in like Friday the 13th, their deaths are quick. You, Yeah, it's gory. But at the same time, most of it, is, they only feel the initial stab and then they're dead. If you get your head chopped off, then it's a quick, painless death, basically. Exactly. Okay, it's gory. Guess what? It doesn't make a lot of people cringe because a lot of people know that if a, their head comes gets lopped off that easily, they're not going to feel it. Yeah. They're dead instantly. Yeah. Drowning? You are literally going to suffocate until you finally legitimately pass out. Yeah. That is – so you are probably six minutes at most being air-deprived until you pass out or swallow water 
Like I said, I, I, I think I'm when, honestly getting sick just thinking about it. To be yeah, honest, yeah, me too. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but when I think about it, I'm like, well, maybe they don't want to like they want they want her to die quickly to show her drown and be like, give me like five minutes for like struggling, well, and you'd be like, yo, she's holding her breath for a long time. Well, Jesus. to be honest with you, like I said, she did have an air bubble at least, so there could have been still there would have been that possibility of her getting free. That's another terrifying bit. Is she gonna get out? Is she not? Is she just gonna be stuck there? Remember, she was bleeding too, so she's also bleeding out. Well, yeah. Time. But they, and with her being in hot water, but to be honest with you, had he done that, then she would have gotten an even bigger air bubble and just kept her mouth right where that hole was. I thought he was gonna drill her and just cover that. He was gonna try. He tried, but she kept going under when he came at her. Yeah. She had enough room to try and continuously. So swim he just around. went with the electrocution. Yeah. The only the only the person who got like a a really probably horrible thing was the dude who got beat up with the iron. Because <laughs> yeah. the dude, the dude that got the axe in the back, he died immediately. <laughs> way more than an axe in the back. Which, would to be do honest with you, as you just said, yeah, there's no reason that axe in the back. No, you would kill him that quickly. You would probably, first of all, you'd probably have a chance to survive. Yeah, a good chance. But you'd be paralyzed probably, and you'd be like, oh my god, this hurts. But I don't think you just straight die like that. No, it, it also depends on your will to survive as well. <laughs> he had none because he was part of the staff doing meaningless yard work for, for Dorothy. He was like, you know, maybe you had to put me out of my misery at the right time, actually. Well, I mean, apparently that's what happened to the housekeeper, too. <laughs> all these characters are miserable. <laughs> They're all assholes, unlikable characters. All of them are basically just put out to misery, put out their misery at the right time. So, <laughs> so okay, Kate, Kate and Dorothy then argue about who the killer is. You know, perhaps the one meta self-referential, self-referential thing in the movie comes in this scene. She's defending Adam, and she gives a line. She says, look, I mean, he's no angel. <laughs> they actually say it. You had, you had, they had to do it. They had to throw out an angel reference. So that was the one uh, thing I caught, the one meta thing. But otherwise, uh, it's a stupid scene. I mean, Dorothy in this scene is still hung up on Campbell. Right. The man is dead and a thief. And Why did they leave the detective being decapitated? As an off-screen kill. One, when did the detective get there? Where the fuck is his car? Where's the people that was with him when he was coming to the house? Because he had, ba- when he was talking to him, you could see blue and red flashing lights behind him. And why was he so useless to get decapitated? <laughs> right. And y'all just established he is a fucking creep with in the fucking jailhouse that y'all then do us the disservice of not showing his decapitation. It's fair to say that he got too much screen time, too many lines, too much involvement in the movie. With no payoff. To then have the off-screen kill. It's always fun to see a decapitation, so. Oh, yeah. But still, it just... It just annoys me. Okay, so now we get to your dance scene. I, which I don't even want to talk about because, like I said, all this, their relationship, these are the most, these are the two most boring final characters. Well, Kate needs Angel and the dick. No. After finding the bodies, Kate gets a gun and then Cupid pushes Kate down the stairs where Adam then picks up the gun and shoots Cupid. So is Adam not the killer? I thought, I thought we were talking like he was. Okay, so this was a crazy ending and it had me confused for about six seconds apparently kate was very not confused she was very accepting what happened oh very now uh, uh, we might as well give the the twist so so the twist is as you guys know it literally it was it was was actually campbell he came back to life and (laughs) was the killer what no what it was is uh the ending was so after 
Adam gives his version of why Dorothy would be killing people. Kate passes out in his arms and he starts bleeding out of his nose, revealing he's actually Jeremy from Wisconsin. Because randomly throughout the movie, the killer, there's, it's shown that his nose bleeds randomly all throughout the movie. So basically... That's the movie. Cause a- that- Angel was the killer. Yep. I mean, which... Which he was us, the most obvious choice from the first scene. It's just disappointing. Well, not only that, but he didn't even bite anybody. He's a vampire. He's losing a lot of blood with all these nosebleeds. Kate is an idiot because she's so easily fooled <laughs> by this this guy. Like, what? And by the way, so to add on to me not liking the character, I was just expressing to you earlier, she at the end of the movie looks like she had a long day at work, but that she is almost borderline happy. All her damn friends are dead. Her whole life has changed. And she's just acting like, oh, yeah, I had a rough day today, but I'm good. I love you, Angel. Let's get married. I hate this woman. So to be honest with you, the only friend I would have actually cared for to not have die would have been Paige. Paige was honestly a great character in my Dorothy opinion. was a great person at the end. She was just killed by Angel, but she didn't actually ever betray her. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dor- Dorothy's whole thing, I-, I still don't like her. She still had... There's not going to be a sequel, but here's what happened when the credits end. He kills her. She's dead right now, right? To be honest with you, if they did make a sequel, it literally probably would just be her uncovering the truth of what happened, even though that would make a really bad sequel because the audience already knows what happened. Let's get to our final thoughts. (laughs) So my final thoughts really have changed since uh, me and you have talked about it. So, (laughs) Oh, God. And I don't know if this has changed in a positive fashion at all. No, it hasn't actually so to be honest with you i did the story is decent for what we get it definitely has a nice feel it gives you the kind of the plot of what causes the killer to become who he is and it gives you characters with one likable character maybe one likable i don't know if they're you don't like page yeah, well, okay. One, One likable character. But, but I like her because of how she looks. Though. So, <laughs> no. I will say, it, it does also have a decent body count with a total of nine deaths. Honestly, two off-screen kills. How many good death scenes? Nine deaths <laughs> with two off-screen kills. One of them would have actually been satisfying had they actually shown it. Yeah. Another one would have been terrifying had they done it right. The twist could the twist was seen from a mile away. Everyone knew what was going to happen the minute Angel came on the damn screen. It was pretty obvious. Oh yeah, and sadly, uh, for some, they did a lot of stupid decisions and continuity errors that definitely brought boggled this down. It took me completely out of the movie. It felt the ending. Whereas the movie felt paced well enough to be a good horror, the ending was just bad. Bad, slow, yeah. So, originally I was going to give this a 2. Now I'm going to give it a 1.5. Wow. All right. Well, so, (laughs) wow. (laughs) It's tough because I feel like I should defend it because I recommended it, but I cannot. This is not the movie I remember. This is not the movie that I saw back in the day. This is some weird, you just had... different thing. Okay, let me preface all my thoughts, because I always like to say that there is an audience for this movie. If you're really into slasher movies, this is a slightly above average slasher movie. So strictly in the slasher genre, you can find way worse than this. It's absolutely true. The killer does have a cool costume. 
There's some okay chase scenes, some cool stalking scenes. But there's some unforgivable things here. The deaths are all terrible. As you said, there's some that are off screen. There's some that are just so simplistic, like an, an axe in the back. I mean, come on. That's like, this is not 1973. It's like, this is like, this is like the, there's been 500 slashes before this. You can do better than an, an axe in the back. Characters making stupid decisions all over the place. All the characters to me are unlikable except Nice Richards. All the male characters are the worst people in the history of the world. Except Angel, who's actually the damn killer. <laughs> so he actually is the worst person. <laughs> Plot holes everywhere. The humor in the movie is misplaced when they try to do humor. It doesn't fit the rest of the movie because of the tone. I'm still going to give it two stars. Now, I was thinking about the 1.5 because you brought it up. and I'm thinking about it, but only because I think 1.5 for me would be like, I don't recommend, I don't recommend anybody to watch 1.5. Oh no! I can still say that if you if you like slasher movies, then at least watch this one time, and that's why I'm giving it two stars. Going below that for me, it would be like a nobody even like bother this. I'm gonna give it a one point. Or I'm gonna give it a two, <laughs> and say if you like slashers, 1. watch 2. it. No, a two. <laughs> if you like slashers, give it a chance. But amongst just horror movies, this is definitely not in any kind of upper tier upper echelon this is bottom tier bottom rung there's far more worse movies because let's be honest the bottom of the horror genre is like a horrible horrible pit of one star negative star movies um but yeah two stars all right so that is that that is going to be our review on valentine and hopefully everyone enjoyed our this whole movie this whole review was a rant <laughs> yes it I think was. this is our first one where we did nothing but rant this entire time we didn't say a lot of positives so <laughs> hopefully you guys have a better valentine's day than we had watching this movie fortunately next week we don't have the burn of valentine's day we can do a new movie something totally different until then <laughs> don't eat cornflakes unless you put sugar in the bowl uh in fact just get some frosted flakes or some so long folk